0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking week two passing matchups on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into RotoViz Radio, I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at RotoViz, doing a solo pod tonight. I'm actually recording this at around 2.30 on Friday morning, finishing up getting some of the tools all squared away, um, you know, it's always crazy in week one, when you have new information, new data coming in, there's always things that come up you have to deal with, uh, This is always fun to to get everything pinned down week one, start watching these games, uh, playing the waiver wire. Man, did Justin Herbert make some incredible throws tonight. Really good Thursday night game. One of the best in a while. So it was a lot of fun to have that on, follow along with that. while working on all of the things that we have going on at the site. And in this episode, we're going to talk about one of those things. Um, We may have mentioned it before, but there is a new tool that we recently put out that I spent some time working on this summer. And what this tool does is it makes use of the charting data that we have from our partners, Sports Info Solutions, uh, in more detail than we've been able to use that information in the past. So This tool is called the Passing Matchup Raider. It's got a couple of different tabs, and I'm just going to quickly talk about this tool because we're going to be doing shows that will come out on Friday where we kind of preview the wide receiver, cornerback, or tight end versus secondary matchups for the coming weekend. And a lot of what we talk about is going to be driven off of this tool. So that background, I think, is going to be helpful for you as you consider some of the information that we're putting out there. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to hit a sound effect here. And let's just start this off. So there are four main tabs in this tool. And what really drives most of what's going on in this tool is the, there's two things there is pre-snap alignment so we have data that is looking on every passing snap uh a wide receiver tight end where are they lined up in the formation are they lined up out wide on the left side of the field the right side of the field are, are they in the slot as uh, a receiver lined up in a tight end position so that you know are they they in on the line set up as a tight end uh we have that piece of the information. Then you also have where defenders were lined up. Were they in the slot? What type of coverage was the defense in? Were they playing a nickel or a dime? Did the safety shift down into the slot? There's all of these different pieces of information happening. And what we do in this tool behind the scenes is use that information. And then what actually happens on those plays To determine how defenses do against more or less an average fantasy relevant wide receiver lined up from different alignments. And then you can look at the alignments that a player is generally in, put this into a bit of a formula, and the app will grade a matchup for us. And then there's some exploration that we can do in the tool so we also have a really cool it might be kind of overwhelming when you first go into it so i am going to try to record something that will walk users through the process Uh, but this aspect of the tool or this tab in the tool allows you to look at every target that was thrown and we're going to have data in there from 21 and 22 and you can see who the wide receiver was on the play or actually you can even look at running backs, really any, any target you can look at and explore here, though. The tool is focused more on wide receivers and tight ends, but you can look at any target. You can see the side of the field that the receiver was lined up on. Um, if they were in the slot, if they were out wide or lined up as a tight end, you can see who the defender was on that play. So who was the primary defender? Um, And then you can see the specific stats for that play. So you can see the air yards. Was it catchable? Was it converted into reception? Was there a touchdown? Was it man or zone coverage? Um, And you can do all kinds of things in the filter. So you can look at a player versus a defense. Maybe you want to see uh, T. Higgins versus the Colts secondary or T. Higgins versus a specific wide receiver. Maybe you want to look at Mike Evans versus... Marshawn Lattimore, you're able to do that. There's a lot of different ways you can cut at these targets. Now, when we're going to be talking about these this year, we won't have information on plays where Evans had a passing route and would have been covered by Lattimore, but there wasn't a target. Uh, We're just going to be focusing purely on the targets. So that's one thing you're going to hear us talking about. I'm going to call those direct targets. So I will also reference points per game on direct targets. So that is going to be, if I say Lattimore has allowed X points per game to be scored on direct targets, that means when he was the primary defender on a pass that was thrown at the receiver that he was covering um, the points that they scored would roll up into the points per game that he allowed on direct targets. Okay, and then I also have a, uh, a thresholds tab in this tool where you can just look at for a particular defense the number of times that are on average the number of wide receivers that they allow to score 10 plus points per game or 15 plus. Uh, and then we also have a tab that lets you look at the alignments that players are often in. So like right now I was looking at The Falcons, and I wanted to see how Drake London was deployed in his first game for Atlanta. I can see that uh, he spent more than, um, okay, yeah, here it is. So he spent 41% of his time on the right side of the field, 30% in the right slot, 11% as the right wide receiver, information like that. Then alongside him, I have the Rams pulled up and I can see that Jalen Ramsey spends about 22% of his time in the right slot. So uh, you can start to look at how matchups might bear out. Who are the players that are likely going to be covering these wide receivers? We have the points per game allowed on direct targets listed in there. So that's kind of the background of how this all comes together. And Curtis and I are going to be talking about this tool extensively this year when we start to talk about these wide receiver tight end matchups. Now, forgive me here as there's a lot of exposition, I guess, uh, but we won't have to go through this in future weeks because I do just want to talk at a high level about considering matchups between wide receivers and cornerbacks. So one thing that you might be surprised at if you don't spend a lot of time looking at coverages or alignments is that nowadays you don't really always have a player in the secondary shadowing a specific player on the offense, just like you don't have wide receivers always running out of the slot Always um in a specific alignment. Many players are spread all around. Now, a player like Cooper Cup, he has been uh largely in the slot. And if I combine both sides of the field into just one number, he's taken 61% of his snaps from the slot. Somebody like Van Jefferson, 66%. But if you were to look at somebody Maybe, um, let me pull up somebody else here, right? Let's look at like Justin Jefferson, for example. Maybe that's of interest. Justin Jefferson is in the slot 49% of the time. On the left wide receiver spot, 25. Right side, 26%. So I bring this up to just talk about how now you see wide receivers generally playing across the formation. And what happens as a result of that is... If you look at the defensive alignments, you'll see that then that player is going to have coverage from a mixture of players on the other team. So you can't always assume that the best wide receiver is going to spend the overwhelming majority of snaps against the other team's best player in the secondary or their best corner or anything like that, Um, which is one reason why. I would caution people against looking at a matchup and just saying my receiver is facing one of the best cornerbacks in the league this week. Uh, As a result, I can't play him. Something else that you might see too sometimes is just that there are certain players in the secondary that are really good. As a result of that, they get asked to do a lot. And if you look at their numbers, they still end up surrendering a lot of fantasy points. Um, And I don't need to pinpoint exactly why they're surrendering them or the dynamics of what's happening in that secondary but you can see that points still do get scored against them and the other way that i like to contextualize this is if you think about it from the perspective of let's stick with a with marshawn Lattimore because a common matchup that you'll hear about is mike evans versus marshawn Lattimore. now in that case i think there is data to support that over the years Lattimore has gotten the best of evans but in many cases when you're looking at a high level wide receiver versus a high level cornerback it's kind of like a coin flip which means some weeks you're going to get your typical output that you would from that wide receiver maybe some weeks you don't but you probably don't want to forego playing that player Uh, Because there's still a pretty decent chance that even if they don't approximate um, an outcome where they got the best of the defender that week, they're still going to score some points. This isn't anything new, but I also think that trickles down to some lower level wide receivers that you might see.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: I believe looking at the matchups is very useful for when you're trying to compare different players on your team or continue to develop your expectations. I never make starter sit decisions based solely on matchups. Uh, The other thing that I think is important to do too, is to look at what I was talking about before, but to see the threshold games allowed by defenses Um, and in specific You can also do things in this tool to look at a defense versus wide receiver ones or wide receiver twos or wide receiver threes. Now, obviously, those players are going to have different attributes of how they score, but it's another way of looking at things. So you can see that, yes, players can still score on this defense. Just how bad is it going to be? And then maybe you do find some teams where you're like, oh my goodness, like Carolina actually in the last six games has faced a decent mixture of wide receivers and few of them have gone over 10 plus points. So that's the kind of research you can do here. This is the way I like to frame things. All right, let's talk about the week two ratings. Keenan Allen would have had the best matchup rating Uh, Of all players this week, given his typical alignments and what the Chiefs would allow to an average fantasy relevant player that operated out of the alignments that Allen does. We didn't get to see that play out tonight, but Mike Williams actually had the third most favorable matchup uh, did pretty well right now some of that could have come from the fact that Allen wasn't there but i think that we did see even with herbert banged up at the end that team doing some really positive things moving the ball down the field i really cannot get over how fun it was just to watch this game tonight and watch uh what these offenses were able to do fantastic catch by mike williams in the end zone a lot of fun stuff happening anyway um among wide receivers a player that I think is worth calling out is Jacoby Myers actually as the fifth. And this includes tight ends. And I'm looking at players that are averaging more than six receiving points per game. Jacoby Myers actually has a pretty solid matchup against the Steelers. I'm not exactly sure for most of our listeners that are going to have wide receiver, heavy teams. If Jacoby Myers is in your mix, but he's run 77% of his routes since week 14 of last year out of the slot means he's going to get coverage from Cameron Sutton and Levi Wallace, probably on a very significant portion of snaps this week as a duo, that tandem is allowing 17 points per game on direct targets. So I think there's a lot of opportunity Myers there we just would need the Patriots offense to gel a little bit more than it did in week one against the Dolphins so to some extent too you could say well New England is going to have some other players operating out of the slot I would imagine then that those players probably also rate pretty well you would be right you see Kendrick Bourne um also scoring pretty favorably here um as well as if you were to just plug in another wide receiver that operated a lot from the slot, they would probably score pretty well um, also here. So that's a player that I thought was worth calling out in my quick review here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Drake London because I think that he's a really interesting case. So you have Drake London facing off against the Rams this weekend. Of course, you have Jalen Ramsey on the other side of the field, which you might think could be a cause for concern. But when you start drilling down into recent games, what you realize is Ramsey has not necessarily been preventing opposing receivers from scoring fantasy points. Um, And if you look back from week 15 through the playoffs, obviously there were some talented wide receivers he was facing in there, but he allowed like eight points a game on direct targets so that's a pretty decent amount of fantasy points for a single player to be giving up especially a player like ramsey then you keep in mind that the receivers in those games were also getting coverage from other players in the secondary there and there were definitely points to be taken so the rating system likes london uh had five receptions 74 yards against the saints was very evenly distributed across the field, evenly distributed between being aligned out wide and in the slot. So my takeaway here was you don't have a lot of information with London. Pretty solid opening game. But just because you see the Rams or Jalen Ramsey on the other side, I don't think that's the most compelling reason why you would shy away from him this week. If you had better options you were feeling good about, cool. Uh, But you don't need to remove him just because of that. Now, I talked a little bit about Evans and Lattimore and how historically I do believe with some of the things that I've read, Lattimore has bested Evans over the course of their career. Just to give some insight on what happened last year from reviewing the targets, uh, in week eight, Evans saw four targets where Lattimore was the direct player in coverage He had he turned one of those into a 41 yard touchdown, had another seven yard reception. So he went two of four for 48 yards and a score in week 15, though Evans saw just one target against Lattimore, which was uh, just a 14 yard reception. Uh, Of course, there's other players Evans is going to face in the secondary, but it's actually a bad matchup for him when you look at that secondary versus players with that alignment allocation that Evans has, uh, there's health issues that we need to monitor right now. He's dealing with a calf injury. If I knew that he was going to go though, I would still have Evans in my lineup from a DFS perspective, though. You're probably thinking of looking somewhere else. Um, when you look at that full view of everything in Evans view, this week, so that's going to be an interesting matchup to pay attention to uh, two players. Also worth mentioning from a DFS perspective, uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, they will be facing the Ravens now Marlon Humphrey. Uh, they will be facing and coverage from the slot in recent games. Humphrey has allowed 12.1 points on direct targets. That's a pretty big number. So point being here, there's a lot of opportunity for Hill or Waddle to cut a couple of big plays here, break loose, maybe find the end zone. So I'd be feeling pretty good about either of those options this week. Um, Running down the list here, uh, Christian Kirk gets a pretty good matchup rating. And I should have said this at the top of the episode, but the ratings that we're going to be talking about are not in any way predictive. So there's a delineation to make here. Sometimes when we're talking about things where we're running things through models or systems, what we're trying to do is to predict an outcome. This is not doing that. So if I say, you know, Keenan Allen gets a 74 matchup rating this week, that's not saying that Keenan Allen is projected to go out there and crush. What it means is that From a descriptive standpoint, uh, this rating looks favorable or this matchup looks favorable. So you could see players that aren't very good finishing towards the top of this list just because defenses have struggled to face players that typically operate out of their alignment. Uh, So, again, it's not predictive. It's just describing how favorable this matchup looks to be for that particular Receiver. Um, so other players scoring pretty low this week. Deontay Johnson actually scores very low against New England. I wouldn't worry about that, especially for a player that's driven off of a volume like you could expect Johnson to be. Uh, excuse me. Russell Gage, not a great matchup for him. Um, Chase Claypool, Gabriel Davis, other players that are down there pretty far in the rankings this week. You also have DJ Moore against Carolina, uh, which this is compounded by the fact that Carolina has actually been, um, or no, I take that. I take that back. What I was going to say was on the flip side of this too, Carolina has been presenting a challenge for opposing wide receivers. So this might be a game where we don't see many solid players emerging at wide receiver. Uh, let's, let's turn our attention here towards tight end uh, just for a couple of minutes. Dalton Schultz looks like he has the most favorable matchup this week. Um, other players that should have some runway. You got Dallas Goddard against the Vikings. Hopefully Cole Kmet can make the most of a seventh ranked most favorable uh, matchup here against the Packers. Uh, Kyle Pitts could certainly rebound the Rams are a decent matchup for him players that score pretty low you have Mark Andrews which again we're not really going to care that much about uh, it really uh, not looking great here for many Steelers players actually Pat Fryer moved towards the bottom of the pack Dawson Knox uh, scores pretty lowly as well and Knox was a player that I have always liked. We talked some about somewhat excuse me. Wow, it's late here uh, in the summer about how he's going to be tough to rely on this year like you did in years past. Now, I will say there was a couple of teams where he kept falling that made sense. I added him, uh, drafted him. But on some of those teams, I actually am deciding that I'm going to sit him this week Um, for a number of reasons, then you come into this tool, you realize it's a bad matchup for him against Tennessee. Uh, and he actually will be sitting, I forget the level of player that's going to be going over him, but I actually think I'd be putting in Hayden Hurst over him who has a pretty hard matchup as well. Uh, but when you take a step back and you look at that whole situation, that's really, um, the move that I think I have to make here. Let me see, anything else interesting to call out? Um, I think that's that's it. Hunter Henry scores pretty decently. Oh, and that's actually the player. Uh, so for example, I have Hunter Henry and Dawson Knox on a team, and I feel better rolling out Hunter Henry this week. So we spent a lot of time kind of overviewing the mechanics of how we're arriving at generating these ratings. We'll be talking about uh, some of the information that we will be looking at and presenting and then the context that we think about these matchups in. Going forward, um, you know, we'll be able to spend more time actually just talking about the specific matchups. So just to recap, our plan is going to be that we will have a GLSP review that will come out on the earliest show in the week. We'll follow that up with um a show that's more centered around some of the advanced stat stuff like we looked at last year and then we'll also have uh, a passing matchup preview all right well i hope that everybody absolutely crushes their fantasy matchups this week and that uh you know we'll all be winning just left and right when we check back in uh heading into week three all right see you later